Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Half Hour Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host Peter, joined this week as always and for the last podcast for a while in break is Donnie and Tom. How are you doing Donnie? I'm very well, thank you. Tom? I'm good, Peter. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. <coughs> okay, we will get the housekeeping done first for you. I smile on their face over there, I wonder why. First <laughs> up, we have the Half Hour Fantasy Podcast Cup winner, Big Fish Barracuda, won it back to back. So he must be now a bit of royalty in this game. That's in one of the biggest <coughs> and one two of our cups, so that's good tune. And in our own podcast league, Dory couldn't help himself. He is the champion. I'd say Pippin Melvino, I suppose. He finished a decent lead. But Donny's won it. Second was Melvin. Third was Nick Seller. So well done, Donny. The £500 stays in Pondus. Then we'll see that Tendy. And what I know next season. I wish. Right. So we'll do our final scores and final rank of the season and then I'll ask you how you felt about the season or your rank and plans for next year and I'll go first because obviously I was finished at the bottom so 73 points for me this week Clark and goals for three Tavernier six Fish four Johnson seven Clarkson two Jota eleven Cartwell four Captain Abada two right in the mud with that one Shanklin one Sakala fifteen and Vice Captain Van Veen eighteen which gives me a final rank of 69. So, if I'm looking at that over the space of the season, I did say it's that season, I think a top 100 would have been good. But as the season progressed, I think at one point I was sitting 19th. So, Dizzy Heights for that. I think it was due to, I remember being before the template in a few players. I think maybe Hatati was one to score well for me. But then once people, once a couple of daft captain mistakes, and people start kind of catch up with the same players, it was hard to gain rank and 69 some overall position. Overall, can I complain? I've half half my rank for last year. I think it was one three six last year, so six and a half this year, roughly. And I plan to get say the top hundred to top fifty next year, but that plan will be in motion as the season goes on. Because I do think if they do have the one team for all leagues next season, you'll get more engaged managers, which means it will probably be harder to get a better finish. Anyway, Tom, over you. Yep. So my final rank was twenty third. Um, <coughs> Do you want me to run through my team and the points for? Yeah, just go for no. it one last time. Um, so I had Laidlaw in goal for for nothing. 
Uh, Captain Tav got me six. Uh, Johnston got me seven. And Devlin got me one. In midfield, Janelli got me two. My punt on Hadji was three. Uh, Yota, 11. And Cantwell, four. And up front, um, uh, Kyogo got me 12. Vice-captain Van Veen got me 18. And I went Captain Vassell for 14. Right, I wonder if you said Captain Tav a second ago. Just this probably stuck in your head. So your overall, uh, overall rank was 24th, you said there? 23rd. 23rd. Happy with that? So, um, I kind of wanted top 10. I was in the top 10 for a brief time. And I think players were kind of bunched up together. Um, so one decent kind of game week maybe could have got us there. But um, I don't think you can argue too much with 23rd. So I'm happy with that. Were you right last season? I can't remember now. I was much higher than that, though. I think you were. I think you were top. Did you already think you were in the top ten last season? Me, I was nineteenth last season. Do you remember Thomas? Can you remember off the top of your head? Well, you would have been behind me, so I can't remember off the top of my head. I think you were both inside top hundred, right? I, I think you've improved your rankings here, Tom. Yeah, I definitely have improved upon it. I, I can't yeah. remember where I, I lay though. Maybe like seventy something, eighty something, maybe. Yeah. Okay. No, I wasn't saying tomorrow last year, Donny. I was 136 last year. So okay. Right, Don, over to you. You had a good finish, a right good game week. Take away. Yes, uh, I did take a punt. I took a minus four um, with my three transfers that I had. Um, I didn't have a goalie, so I took in Walker. That didn't work out. Two points. Uh, Johnson off the bench for seven. That was good. Uh, Tavernier, six. Uh, a punt, Starfelt, 11. Shows you how they can work out for you. Uh, Jota, 11. Oh, my screen's just gone black. Uh, McGrath, 7. Janelli, 2. Catmull, 4. And then up front, we had Sakala for 15. Vice-captain Van Veen for 18. And then the triple captain that I had up my sleeve went for Kyogo, 36. So that ended me up on 119. Minus 4 was 115. Took my global score to 2678. I was 14th last time we talked. I was 14th after the midweek games. And thanks to that triple captain, I managed to rock it up to sixth overall. So I'm absolutely ecstatic um, with that as a finish. I think, having finished 19th last season, I wondered if that was maybe just a one-off from doing the podcast and really focusing on it. My aim would have been to get top 10, but I never thought that I would actually do it. But as Tom said, it's it's really hard. Towards the, the final few weeks, when all the teams are relatively the same, it's really hard to make any ground because you can take a risk, as we've seen from you guys in the last couple of weeks, and if Tavernier clutches, you just lose so much momentum. You've almost just to kind of stick, 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 and make one change either there. So I've been lucky. It's worked in my favour. A lot of good names in that top 20 of you. Um, keep an eye on the table. Um, so to finish sixth is, is absolutely fantastic. Um, really, I'm happy with, with that one. Next year's aim, top five. Top one. It's really difficult. <laughs> I mean, I've looked at the averages. You're talking it, but nearly 75 points per game week um, to get that score. So that's really hard. But I think holding on to that triple captaincy probably worked in my favour um, because everyone else is doing it at the same time everyone's doing it. So you don't really change in rank. Um, so having that up my sleeve at the end probably worked out well because let's be honest, my Wild cards failed and a bench boost failed. So it was good to have something go in my favour. And from a points point of view, I couldn't have really got much more out of the triple captain than putting it on Kyogo, probably Van Veen um, or Sakala would have got me. But um, it was a great game week to do it. 
plus we're all lucky we're off injured if we still have another 30 to 40 minutes you could add more yeah, yeah, but these, these things, things happen exactly right I'm going to run through the scores for the final game week and then I'm going to come to Tom a wee quick summary and then well two minutes right okay so the final game week scores there was midweek scores I'll quickly run through them as well because it's just it's for Oh, so I don't know for. Doesn't matter. Run for me, mate. So Rangers two, Hearts two, Hibs four, Celtic two, Aberdeen three, St Mirren nil, Cross County three, St Johnson three, Livingston one, Motherwell one, Dunedin nil, Kilmarnock three. It was midweek, and then the final games were St Mirren nil, Rangers three, Hearts one, and Hibs one, Celtic five, Aberdeen nil, St Johnson two, Livingston nil, Motherwell three, Dunedin two, Kilmarnock one, Ross County one. So Kilmarnock three, Ross County one. So that leaves us next year with no Dundee United. Potentially Ross County, and we'll have Dundee next year, and potentially Patrick Fissel, but then that's something to talk about next season. Okay, Tom, over to you. Yep, so um, just a kind of season review, working our way through the league table, um, just comment on, on each team, um, what we've learned so far. It might be a good podcast to come back and listen to, for, perhaps when you're building your game week one team, just for a, a refresher. Um, so coming in, obviously, number one is Celtic, uh, the champions, on the road for another treble. Um, very, atta- <laughs> very attacking this season. Um, always assured of goals. Um, Kyogo was the, the top scorer within the Celtic team. Um, and he's, he, he, um, he, he definitely delivered this season. Um, Yota as well was important throughout the season. But I did feel he kind of tapered off towards the end. Um, but I think, if, to be honest, if you didn't have Yota... Um, this season, then your, your overall rank probably wouldn't be very good. Um, I think clean sheets are less was, were less assured, um, especially when um, those injuries within the, the back line. Um, not a whole lot of attacking returns from defenders. Um, there was a, like a, a spell right at the start of the season when um, defenders were, were, were get, getting goals, but that, that quickly ended and we didn't really get a lot. Um, and particularly when you compare it to the, um, the likes of Tav and Barisic at Rangers, even Yilmaz um, in that final game getting two assists, like that's that's quite rare for, for Celtic defenders, so um, perhaps need to, to strengthen there. Um, looking ahead at next season then, I think probably Kyogo and Yota are probably the must-haves to start the season with. Um, this is obviously um, dependent on if they're fit and also price-dependent as well because obviously the, the, the starting prices are, are going to get changed and um, you may have to balance your budget a bit more, particularly at the, the start of the season. Um, I think the third select slot could go to defender, but I'll be waiting to see how things go um, with transfer activity in the summer and, and see what happens. Um, also, the the, the, the mids the midfielders were, were very good this season as well. Um, Moy and Atati had, had decent spells. O'Reilly kind of ticked along. I think he kind of flew a bit more under the radar, <coughs> um, and he actually came in top um for assists this season with, with 15, so you certainly want to keep an eye on as well. Uh, Peter, I'll come to you first, uh, if you've got anything to add there. No, like you, the season. I think the two you, you would be relying on is Kyogo and Jota going forward. Also, this is, we've just mentioned transfer dependent and squad dependent. We're just going to go what we've got in front of us, so we can only do what we know. Uh, I probably as it stands, would probably like to go for a third midfielder and Celtic. I mean, you maybe see over the space of someone who becomes more apparent, like Moyes a year older, so is O'Reilly a year, a year more mature? Does O'Reilly become that player? Like you said, he finished quite well with the assists. I think 
when you mentioned Jot as well, I think Jot was the only player this season who finished in double figures for goals and assists. So I think you're right. If you didn't have in your team, you probably have a good rank. Defence, they, they're not... They're different defensively. I think we're just going by recently by Rangers as well. We've attacked fullbacks, so they get more assists. And Celtic's defenders more play inverted, so there's not really much chance of the assists. So it's just something to think next year. The two I've wrote down, I'll probably in my first team, will be Kyogo and Jota. But again, it'll be price dependent because I'm pretty sure the game will make it harder to get all these players in. Mm-hmm. Donny? Yeah, you I think. Celtic have pretty much blown away the competition um, the start of the season um, scoring loads of goals keeping keeping clean sheets and then we had VAR um, come in and see them give away penalties all of a sudden but uh, no, just everything that you guys have said Hugo Jota definitely I'm not looking to put too much value in my defence next season because for the returns that you get and you know when we talk about clean sheets and things like that it's probably not worth it. So I might just cheap out in my defence um, next no season. Tav, and tri- no, so that? No, no Tav? Well, he's a, he's a <laughs> number one pick. But um, I don't think from from an asset point of view, Celtic, uh, I think you could spend money better elsewhere. But they've had a great season. I look at the the top positions and, as I say, goals and assists that Celtic dominated. They've just really overwhelmed um, from that point of view, which is why they're on course to to win everything there is to win, unfortunately. But that's just the way it goes. I like that. I did like Tom's week and I dig at the start, but nicely put, he does it a nice <laughs> way. Just on it, I think you might be right, Tom. We, we call a few times. I think defence is a place that you can go cheap. If you can find at the start of the season some nail cheap players and teams as we always tend to do, and get them in for the price rises, and then you spend the money elsewhere. And as you mentioned many times this podcast, you can't really protect the form for teams that you talk to. So you have Aberdeen player in there, you could get three clean sheets out of four, obviously it's going to be the same, yeah. or you could get none out of four, it's just a lock. But if you've got the cheap players on that are playing, that gives yourself more chance of a better squad elsewhere. But anyway, back to you, Tom. Um, so coming in uh, second, we've obviously got Rangers, their top scorer. Um, for the season was Tav and he was also ranked first overall in the game um, which I think is that three seasons in a bounce now? Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, key players did change slightly over the season so um, one of Donny's favourite uh, Tony goals uh, Cholak seemed um, to do quite well at the start but then the goals did kind of start to dry up and then it was Cantwell that he ended the season quite strongly um, he kind of really sort of nailed that position as as the Rangers mid. And I think that's probably a good thing going forward into next season because I think previous seasons it's been hard to sort of pin down a, a Rangers midfielder. Um, a lot of people kind of bounce between sort of Kent and but he's not the most consistent. He tended to kind of assist the sister. And yeah, so Cantwell's going to be a, a good uh, choice going into to next season. Um, and I think him and Tav will be the, the, the two to have. Um Tav obviously had his usual high-scoring uh, season, and um, it, for periods of time he did kind of maybe have to rely on his attacking returns more than the clean sheets. But um, overall, a, a very strong choice. Um, I think Selic and Rangers did have similar issues at the end of the, at this season. Um, obviously, when Selic don't have Carter Vickers, they do seem to concede a lot more, and the same for Rangers without Goldson. Um, Another team to kind of monitor close, closely in the transfer, transfer window, I think. Um, 
I think the, probably the, the one position that the world looks to strengthen is the, the striker position. And um, if they can nail that down, and I think probably Kyogo and uh, whatever Rangers striker comes in that perhaps looks decent enough, um, you, you could look at getting those two in. Um, obviously, again, price dependent as well, and obviously depending who's who's fit when building that game week one team. Donny? Yeah, so disappointing uh, season for Rangers. I guess it's a, a tale of two managers. We had uh, Van Bronckhorst started off the season. Um, having reached the Europa League final um, got us into the Champions League which was great but the bulk of our season has been you know, destroyed by injuries um, Tom Lawrence was a great hope at the start of the season he was a bit of a cheat code so he was on, yeah. scoring and you know, I thought he was going to be player of the season and then he's got injured and hasn't played since since August I believe it was um, and that's very much been, been the story of, of this Rangers team that they licked too many goals Um through um, some games that, well, now um, since Bela came in, that they've started winning. But Van Bronckhorst's time was up. He couldn't win the away games that you need to win. And obviously didn't win any of the old firms um, at the start of the season. And I think since Beal's come in, Rangers' form has improved dramatically. He's managed to get that win under Celtic. But you're going to have a clean slate next season. There's going to be a big overhaul um, right throughout the team. We're going to have a new goalkeeper. Um, possibly one or two new defenders, maybe a, a few wide men, and certainly um, a change in strikers up front. So you're just going to have to listen to the likes of us um, as the season starts to to give you insight on how Rangers are lining up, who the star players are, um, and look at the value that you get there. But Tav will be the number one name in the sheet. Cantwell at the moment uh, is going to be a number two, and then we'll just have to see. But you know there is. You know, light at the end of the tunnel. If Rangers can spend wisely uh, during the summer, then there's no reason why they they can't challenge and, and overtake Celtic next season. Pierre, well, I agree. Tore up to that last sentence, but uh, <laughs> I think Tavernier is the first name of sheet every again. Campbell, I think I said this last week. Tavernier and Campbell are two I'm looking to bring in. I don't think it'll be price dependent at Tavernier. You've got to have him in the matter. He didn't get a rise last year, Tavernier. Didn't he? he stayed the exact same price. Is that it right? It was close. Yeah, I don't. I can't remember myself, but yeah, he didn't really change that much. But yeah, so I don't know. Eight million, and you'd still get him in. I so. don't know if that's just the max price he go for, but it would be interesting if the game priced him higher because he is like he is going to finish top goal scorer and make well, the top point scorer. So if you make him a pricey player that you have to think otherwise, it would be interesting. But I don't think you're doing that route. They might get more engaged managers up to them. Yeah, but Tavernier for me and Cantwell, and again, as you both mentioned, a big rebuild. So I wouldn't really want to nail my colours to a massive third player to see who they bring in, how they, how the setup looks, and we'll see how it goes on for there. Yep. Um, coming in at third, then um, we've got Aberdeen. Their top point scorer for the season was the Duke, um, and he was sixth overall in the game. Um, on the whole, it was a bit of a shaky season for Aberdeen, um, but they did have a strong finish. Um, obviously, it was a bit chaos under Jim Goodwin, but they managed to, to kind of get things sorted out. Uh, at the start of the season, Miofsky was the, the striker to have at Aberdeen um, with a very strong start to the season. But I think um, Duke kind of overtook him in the, 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 that kind of race. Um, and he was the, the, the go-to striker there. Um, at Aberdeen, the midfield as a whole was a bit underwhelming. Um, but Claxon did 
kind of fly under the radar a little bit for some. Um, he was very consistent at the end of the season with his um, assists. Obviously, he's on loan from Liverpool. Um, and I think in a recent interview, he said the possibility of a loan, another loan deal is out with his control. So I don't know if he's, that's his way of distancing or what, but we'll, 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 we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll have more information closer to the time. Um, obviously, the Aberdeen defensive run at the end of the season is, is fresh in our minds. And um, they even did quite well post-split too. Um, I think if they can keep the, the same personnel that they do have just now in defence, then it could, um, and if they, obviously if they do also have a, a favourable um, fixture run at the start of the season, and I could perhaps even see an Aberdeen defensive double up in the game week one team. Um, I think Pollock was a great option at the end of the season, um, even getting himself a couple of goals. He was always had a, a decent number of shots on target. Um, and obviously the, he, he was getting consistent clean sheets as well. And we, we know looking at our top 10 every week, um, goalkeeper position wasn't great. It was quite difficult to uh, nail down a sort of consistent goalkeeper. So even perhaps Roos could be an option um, in that goalkeeper slot next season as well. Um, Peter, I'll come to you first this time for your Aberdeen thoughts. I think they've got quite a big rebuild as well. Players that contracted this season, I believe, I was reading it on Twitter for the Aberdeen page. So Robson had them playing well, got them finishing third. I wouldn't take any... I don't think people still together, but they were, they were on the beach by that point. They've done their job. He's just been a good manager. He seems to have got them playing quite well, quite solid at the back. So it's just to kind of watch and see how the score rebuild. Hopefully, they keep these players we're talking about, like Aduk and we Oscar Gee's option next year. Hopefully, they don't get sold and start again. So that'd be interesting. Clapsom was one of my unsung heroes because he did I bring him in quite sharp and he did quite a lot of decent returns in like, six, seven points weekly. He's points and he's, he's passing stuff. So... If the squad stays roughly the same, they might fall the territory like the Hearts last year where they're playing a lot of games. So they're playing the Thursday, Sunday, Thursday, Sunday, and that really was took its toll on Hearts. So we'll see if Aberdeen can have the same kind of situation. So again, it's all fixture dependent, squad dependent, and they keep their big stars dependent. But I would probably be starting the season with Duke if his price stays similar. Because I, I don't see them raising all the price of the because then it makes it too difficult. You've got to have your options. I mean, I mean, say, for example, Van Veen stays in the league, Shanklin and Duke, Kyogo and Takao, I mean, can you price them all the same? And then there's no really option. You need to, there need to be differentials. There. You, need to, you need to make it engaging so people go for it, but we'll see. We'll cross the bridge when it comes to it. Donnie? Yep, so Aberdeen and our team that went through two managers um, during the season, Probably gave me two of my most favourite results, um, and that was the 3-2 victory for Rangers in injury time, and then the cup defeat to Darvell. And it was <laughs> good to see Aberdeen. Yeah, not bad, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, they've got a lot of lone players. Clarkson and Pollock, unfortunately, was another one that you mentioned there. He was a lone player, uh, possibly unlikely to return. Um, they've got scales. I imagine they'll probably try and do a deal with Celtic to uh, keep a hold of him. Uh, got like some McCrory who who might be off. They've got Shinny, who's another lone player. Um, whether they can do a deal there, but certainly the the lure of European football um, has created a buzz in the city, and everyone is excited and looking forward to that. But um, they were a worthwhile team um, at times during the season. They started off well, went in a slump, and then came back well when Robson came in. I think you're right about the the double defense as an option goalkeeper. It was one of the reasons that I probably didn't finish any higher than I did was I think I changed my keeper about four or five times this year. Um, had I maybe just held my nerve and stuck with Roos 
I probably would have done all right. But um, there's always value in Aberdeen defence. Usually got some cheap uh, players that you can get value out of. Um, and if they do some good business in the summer, whether it's holding on to Duke Miofsky or bringing in um, maybe a midfield general, um, then that's certainly one to, to look at. But there'll be, there'll be plays that at one point during the season just to be in the top six would have been an achievement. So to finish third would be uh, beyond what they could have expected. Yep. Um, up next then, we've got Hearts. Um, their top point scorer for the season was Shankland, and he ended up third overall for points in the game. Um, Hearts couldn't clinch that third spot. Um, they did have some patchy form. Um, and obviously, yeah, they, they got rid of Nielsen in the end. Um, Peter mentioned at the start of the season the the, the squad depth didn't really wasn't really compatible with the, the European fixtures, and they did seem to kind of tire out. Um, defensively, very poor for Hearts this season. Um, Peter's personal vendetta against Craig Gordon proved just. Um, they only kept six clean sheets this season, which was the lowest in the league. So. Obviously, they did well to, to finish fourth from that perspective. Um, the points were obviously an attack, and Shanklin proved that again with another high finish, um, but also Ginelli um, in midfield. Uh, I did like Ginelli because he was kind of a, an out-of-position out of player. Uh, I don't think that, that's not really going to get you much more in terms of points, but it does free up a third striker spot um, if you count kind of Ginelli as your, your heart striker rather than Shanklin, but obviously Shanklin's where the bulk of the points were. Um, Barry Mackay kind of had a decent start to the season, but he he tapered off as well. Um, I think if, if Hearts could strengthen defensively over the summer, then they, they too may offer some value. Um, Cochrane had a, a decent number of assists throughout the season, and if if the clean sheet points were boosted, I think he could probably have um, been a, a, a decent um, option throughout the season. Um, I think his minutes were a bit here, there and everywhere as well, so... Um, probably not the most consistent, but he's the kind of one that, that springs to mind. Uh, Donny, what's your thoughts on Hearts this season? I think we maybe put too much faith in Hearts to begin with because they also finished as previous Stephen Strong. They had a good run in Europe, um, which they've been happy with. But it was just those goals, conceding the goals. You know, you probably always want to have a Hearts defender or goalkeeper in your team and they just let you down week on week. Um so much so that I ended up just getting rid of them all together. Uh, I think the names that you mentioned, Shankland and Ginelli, were probably the only two uh, worthwhile um, as it came to the end of the season. Um, and Cochrane as well, albeit he got a few red cards in the last couple of <laughs> games. But um, those, when I think about Hearts, those are probably the only three names that I consider um, when I'm looking at my team. And that proved to be the case over the course of the season. They had third sewn up and they've blown it. And depending on what they do managerial, it all depends what sort of players they bring in. But um, they've got to be disappointed that they only just managed to finish fourth um, after cruising it most of the season. But let's hear Peter's thoughts on Hearts. It's his mm. favourite team. No, no, no. I'll try to be open and honest here. I think, <laughs> I, I think we failed to trap the Hearts this year, as Dory mentioned. They were good the year before, fantasy-wise. You were getting good points off. I think Gordon was a bit of a hero for it, and that's probably why my vendetta was against him, that he couldn't keep up a year later. And you were getting points returning. Now, Shankland was probably, would you say, if he third overall turn? Okay. So yes, overall for points, yeah. could have been a set and forget. He'd have been fine with him. Generally, became good at the end. But I think 
it was just a defensive. You think they're the third best team, you go for a defender, maybe a little bit as said, they always let you down. I think a lot next year perhaps could be who they appoint as manager because I think they're going to be too hasty and appoint Naismith, who's basically a coach going for a really big job, and that could backfire. It doesn't always work out. And I, I think if they appoint Naismith, I don't know if he's going to have the proper tactical nous to get them with there again, and it could be a disaster. Could be could be totally wrong. Just I think when I see the way things work, a lot is kind of fighting as either the players are playing from, but that runs out. We play with managers, you need something in there. Hearts is probably the third biggest club in Scotland right now as it stands, wise fans and European football and stuff like that. So they should probably take their time and try to appoint a proper manager and it might do them good stead next year. But I could look back at us in six months' time and say Peter's talking absolute rubbish because they have flying the league, but we'll see. Yep. Um our fifth team then, Hibs. Um their top goal scorer, uh, sorry, point scorer um, for the season was Ellie Ewan, and he finished 18th overall um, for points in Fantasy Scotland. I think that kind of sums up Hibbs' season. Um, they were plagued with injury. Um, Nisbet was out for most of the season. Obviously, Martin Boyle, um, who Fantasy Football Scotland managers hold in high esteem, he was out as well. Um, I think perhaps they could have done better if Nisbet was fit. Um, he still managed 12 goals despite only his 19 appearances. Um, and just for context, uh, Duke had 16 goals, so just four more with 37 appearances. Um, and Duke was obviously joint fourth uh, top goal scorer in the league. Um, Hibs were joint fourth for clean sheets behind Celtic Rangers and Aberdeen. Um, they the, the must not have had a sort of clear kind of run of defensive form. I think these clean sheets were kind of scattered out throughout the season. Um, so that's probably why we didn't all jump on Hibbs' defence. Well, apart from me, who bought Egg and Riley, but that's a different story. Um, I think Nisbet could be a good option if he stays, um, but I could see Hibbs probably wanting to cash in, and I think probably Nisbet is looking to, to go as well. He's been linked with a few um, big money moves. I think the last one was Birmingham City, and then um, that kind of turned his head. So I, I don't know. Personally, I don't know if, if Nisbet's going to be there next season, but would you reckon, Peter, I see you kind of nodding your head there? I think he'll be going, yeah. I, I like Nisbet when he's fit. He plays well. I think at one point he was he had three goals in four game weeks. He gave the other option up top. Hibs are a weird team. I think it was a spell at the start of the season, Donnie, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I think they won all their games when they were playing against 10 men. It made them, yeah. them look better than they were. But... Uh, <sighs> Sometimes I watch him and I do think Lee Jones knows what he's doing. I think he does it. He's a proper manager and the players seem to play for him. And I think, right, okay, gets Martin Boyle back next year. If he's anywhere near the Martin Boyle that's played in this fantasy game, then we should be able to run. I think they're happy to have signed that Ewan full-time. I like this year with him. So he's one that I've got on the radar for next season. Hopefully he is in the game as a midfielder because he plays off the wing and hopefully not a striker mm-hmm. next year. And that would be a good option because he kind of does play as a, like a a Jota or a Sakala type thing where he can play out wing income inside so hopefully he's in the right position if you're listening Fantasy Scotland uh, Fish I thought Fish was a good player this game I jumped on him quite well and he came off my bench a lot I think he gets a lot of tackling points and passing points for the defence so if he's priced correctly he could be rooting of that I wouldn't go near Marshall I think Marshall had that the looks of the Gordon this year and, and uh, McGregor and Rangers just looks like one season too many for a goalkeeper and you can see him getting old in front of your eyes and it's like time 
I know they're back to him as a captain, but I, I don't think he's going to probably be any better next year. Uh, who else? Was Campbell? Was it Campbell? Was a good spot at one point as well? So Josh Campbell, I yeah. not a bad cheap option. It's just to see if he, if he, he gets if he gets back to be your chairman and he keeps majority squad. Rid of Edward, bring some players in. They could be an interesting prospect next year. But again, it's important to watch over the summer. He had a decent end of the season, Johnson. So I think the fans are kind of buoyed. They beat Celtic. They drew with Hearts. They had a fight for Europe, so they've done not too bad. Hibs because they've done never got a bit of yo-yo up and doing the league. So what do you watch next season? I think. Mm-hmm. Do I need anything to add there? No, I think I said this back at the time, but when Hibs have Martin Boyle in their team, they're a totally different animal. Um, he, everything goes through him, and he is good um, for fantasy football. Whether he comes back and he has that same desire uh, about him and the players around him, well, time will tell. Um, but it's a team that I'd probably like to have picked more from, but I just found their form and you know some of the other players they were up against just went against them. But they can be a dark horse. It's a team that you're probably just going to have to watch in pre-season, see how they get on, see how they line up um, and make judgment from there. But I, I agree with Peter. I don't think Nisbet will be there. Um, so it's what they do with that money um, will, will make a big difference to how they get on. But um, they've done as well as can be expected, I think. They have been patchy and I think fifth is probably what they could have expected. Yeah. Um, so last team in the top half then is Saint Mirren. Um, their top sc- scorer for this uh, for points uh, was Strain. Um, they did finish bottom of the top half, but I do think they had a decent season. Um, we were, we're all on younger at the start of the season. Then he was injured for quite some time, um, and then Saint Mirren kind of had their defensive run of form. They did have one less clean sheet than Hibbs, which I, I, I find that strange. I don't remember it that way, but that's what it is. Um, strain, obviously, um, the, the clean sheets did kind of sort of dry up towards the end, but um, his attacking returns did make up for that. He did have quite a few goals and assists in him, so um, did well there. Um, I think O'Hara outperformed the expectations as well. I thought he was going to be one of these players that just kind of score penalties every now and again, a bit like Jorginho um, at Chelsea. Um, for for FPL, um, but he did end, end the season well and pr- proved me wrong anyway. Um, I think if Strain stays, I think he will be um, a decent option next season. I think the game might price him quite highly, um, given how good a season he had had this time round. But um, definitely one to, to to keep an eye on there. Um, Donny, what was your thoughts on Saint Mirren? Yeah, I like Saint Mirren. It served me well over the course of the season. Uh, probably the the surprise outfit. Um, in terms of where they finished, um, you mentioned Ayunga there. He's quickly forgotten. Um, but yeah, he started the season on fire. He was out of position, um, and and got good mm-hmm. points. Uh, and I think back to when my good run in the cup at the start of the season, he was probably one of the players that contributed towards that. Um, but the other two names that you mentioned there, Strain. Um, if he wasn't getting clean sheets, he was either getting goals and assists, which from a defender's point of view is what you want. Um, he's certainly raised his own profile with nothing else. And O'Hara, um, I probably was one of the first to get on him, um, mainly because of penalties first and foremost, but then he did start to, to kick into gear with his contributions. And really useful player, either start with him or have him on your bench and he would come off, whether it was against Rangers or Celtic. He, he had some hauls, so... Um, 
def- definitely helped my team. Um, but, you know, they struggled in the top six, um, failing to win any of their games. But as a season overview, they've got to be really happy with where they've finished. As I say, from a fantasy point of view, I think they served us all well. Yep. Yeah. Younger, the streets won't forget. Yeah, <laughs> I liked him that season. I think Simon had a good season overall. They did. He's a good manager. And as you've already said, their tops it was just a step too far. The players had done the hard work and they were still played, but I just think when you're playing the better teams league, it's harder to get results. They were probably a good shout next year. He'll probably keep the core of that team, you'd like to think. Maybe add to it. And it'd be good for some value if the price right. No, what I show is I think. Tom's right, I think strain will the price may be too high next year. And if you try to fit all these players mentioned before, you may not want to go, you may not want to go for strain unless the fixes are good. Depends what they price him at. And O'Hara as well, I'm assuming because he's done well and scored quite high, they'll price him high as well. So we'll do what we do every year. We're looking for the new version of strain, the new version of the Hara coming to teams that are doing the kind of same value other teams. So if you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey there it's michelle norris i'm host of a podcast called your mama's kitchen when i travel i'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when i'm not at home and one of the things i love to do when i am at home is entertain and airbnb allows me to do that when i was in california recently i rented a house that had a great kitchen and when we were sitting around the table we're all thinking we're in someone else's house someone could be in all of our homes as well if you have a home but you're not always at home you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com slash host 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Pretty much it. Yep. Um, top of the bottom half then, um, coming at number seven is Motherwell. Um, obviously, their top point scorer this season was Van Veen. Um, very impressive end to the season. Uh, Van Veen was the second highest goal scorer in the league behind Kyogo with 25 goals. Um, Spittle, a very good enabler. Uh, he was 11th um, for overall score this season. So, um, had the same score as Danny Armstrong, and he outscored others in the same kind of price bracket, like O'Hara and Josh Campbell at Hibs. Um, I think Van Veen mentioned he is perhaps looking for that final move, um, and he's definitely made a good bid to 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 get people's attention. Um, but if if they can keep a hold of him, or maybe even keep a hold of the players around him, and uh, perhaps invest in a proven goal scorer then um, I think Motherwell could be a good option for, for next season. Um, I think they were just a bit unlucky not to get that, that top half finish. Uh, Peter, what do you reckon? Motherwell, yep. They, once Caterwell came in, they started playing some really good football, played to a lot of players' strengths. Spittle had a good start to the season. I remember I had him in my team earlier on, but then he kind of, kind of fell away. But then once the new manager came in, he did play well again. I think Spit will be there next year. Goss another one will be there next year. I don't know about the other players. We'll talk about like, uh, Johnson at the back and Van Veen up front. And Van Veen's obviously trying to be really nice about getting his move because he obviously he's, he's giving him a lot of plaudits, but I think he's definitely wanting one more move and one big pay rise, which is fair play. Yeah, it's a good season. You can see him was playing at the end as well. He was playing with purpose and a, a point to prove. And if that's what he wants and hopefully gets his move, I hope he doesn't end up back into like, League One, League Two England obscurity and you get him scoring eight goals a year. If he does stay then I think it might be a good option to start with, depending on the price again. And we'll see how Motherwell recruit in the summer because they're a team very similar to Livingston. They don't really have a lot of money to throw about, so it'll be maybe try to get the best of the championship or players who are maybe leaving the clubs that have been relegated, maybe released, and try to add to the squad they've got. So it's just one to watch and see. But I think our cup might be called the Kevin Van Veen Cup at the start of next season. I just got a funny feeling what we're leaving next year. <laughs> Donny. Yeah, Motherwell, again, probably, you know, having just missed out in the top six, they've probably still exceeded um, their expectations there. Um, Van Veen has had a phenomenal season. Um, no one can take that away from him. I agree with Peter. I don't think he will be in the league next year, which could make Motherwell a risk. Um, but saying that, Spittle, Goss, uh, even Kelly and Goals uh, are all, all worth a shout. Um Pretty reliable um, end of the season, and you know they are a team that tend to hold their own uh, as, a, as, a, as a cheap price point. You, you definitely get value from them, um, but you know Van Veen has been a standout. I think he might have even been my first differential um, way back at the start of the season. Um, so I obviously saw what was to come, <laughs> but uh, no, the, the fun, fantastic and you know whatever move he gets, he, he'll deserve it and. Uh, I'm sure Scottish football will be worse off for it, but not well done to Motherwell. 
Yep. Um, Livingston then. Um, their top scorer for in terms of fantasy points was Nicky Devlin. Um, I think they did well to, to finish where they did. Um, they had the least number of goals in the league overall for the season, which was 36. And they also had the same number of clean sheets as St. Johnston and Dundee United, which was seven. Um, as mentioned, the top scorer was Nicky Devlin, um, who finished 47th overall for points. So that kind of shows that there's no kind of, no key talisman there. Um, the goals and assists and everything were kind of spread around amongst the, the squad. Um, and probably not a team that I would target for next season. I'd probably wait and see how they get on at the start and see if there is some emerging prospects there. But um, probably wouldn't look to invest straight off the bat. Donny, do you agree with that one? Yeah, so, I've said countless times on here, I've always had a soft spot for Livingston. You generally tend to get uh, value, whether it was Guthrie um, a couple of seasons ago, um, Devlin, um, Kelly, Stephen Kelly, Sean Kelly. There was always value in that team. Now, I mentioned last time that uh, they're losing Devlin. He's away at Aberdeen. Fitzwater's another player. Um, that's uh, out of contract and moving on so they're probably two um, pretty decent players at the back of that squad so that'll be a miss um, Sean Kelly was a great start of the season, he was out of position took penalties, took corners um, he wasn't really getting a game towards the end of the season so if he's back in there that might be one to watch, Stephen Kelly had a, a, a good season helped my team um, a couple of weeks but they're just they're they're a good one to watch. As I say, you'll generally get a player out of that Livingston uh, squad. And what you need to remember with these bottom six teams is they'll have the the League Cup uh, groups, so you'll get to see a couple of games, a few squad lineups, um, and and see how they're shaping up. But they've peaked. Whether it's time for a, a change, managerial top to bottom, I don't know. They're, they're probably where they would expect to be. Um, after having a, a good season the year before, but as I say, I think Livingston will always offer value in this game. Yeah. Yep. Tony said that Devils will be Aberdeen, so that was probably their most secure point scorer. Uh, he has mentioned about having a big overhaul to do and a budget to adhere and lost a lot of players. So this is where Donny's probably bang on. You might see a few youth players coming through at the team and securing first team positions. That the squad's going to be smaller, so you might get a couple of your cheap enablers here and maybe a defender or a midfielder in the squad depending so just keep a close eye on Livingston throughout the season because they're going to have to go for youth and they're going to have to cut their budget back so you might see a few players there are a few players mentioned on a podcast I was listening to for the week that are coming through but I couldn't remember their names so I'm not even going to attempt it but there's a few players that they have highlighted that might get a chance next year I think they're all quite youngish and they're all priced quite low so some will keep an eye on it as Dory said MD from St Mirren Down is going to be in this cup and uh, group games so you'll see how managers are setting up at the start of the season and especially if they're struggling in the group they need to get through you'll see the full strength team so you'll have an idea of what players and assets to get into your, your team that are cheap yeah. Yep Number 9 then uh, St Johnston their top fantasy points scorer for the season was Stevie May um, who was 19th overall for points mm-hmm. um, not really a lot to say about St Johnston I think they've been on a progressive decline since they won the double um, Stevie May, 19th overall, but there's so many decent striker options this season. Um, he wasn't really one to consider. Um, Dre Wright was the second highest point scorer for St. Johnston. He came in at 31st. Um, 
for me, I get it's like a team like Saint, uh, sorry, Livingston. Um, I wouldn't be looking to invest at the start of the season, but if there is any emerging options, then we'd be quite happy to, to, to jump on those at the time. But definitely, definitely a wait and see for me. Peter? Yep, Stevie May first. Tom's point blank. We may Stevie May a few times on this podcast how it is looking for a decent option. We just have so many options up front this year that he would literally get into our teams. Him to Capone would have been very lucky with that. New manager in, so again, it's going to have to wait and see. They're going to have quite a lot of players at contract, I'm sure, as well. Putting some stamp on it. <coughs> I don't think I had any suggestions on my team <coughs> all year, apart, apart for the backup goalkeeper. I think that's my only player I had in all year. I don't see that changing until next year. So his team clean can do with his team, see how they look in the cup and maybe some cheap enablers, but very similar to Livingston. I'm not willing to be starting there unless it's cheap bench fodder. Mm-hmm. Donny, yeah, there. pretty much the same. I think the only dabble I had in St Johnston was bringing in Graham Carey, um, and turns out he was injured for about three weeks and <laughs> never got the benefit of him. But um, not not a team you can pin your hopes on. You know, it's it's probably if you're looking for a cheap defender, you might go St Johnston because they will get one one and four, one and five. But uh, they've just never been a good fantasy team for value and returns. You know, if you go on me. You're going to lose ground because there's probably going to be better strikers outscoring on week in, week out. So, really hard to predict their form. They won three of their last five games, which obviously goes a long way to them staying in the league. Um, but just not a team that does it for me, Sonny. Yeah, I think for me, um, Ferguson at St Johnston bagged me a lot of points because he was my non playing player and <laughs> the bench. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Number 10 then Kilmarnock, their top scorer for the season in terms of fantasy points was Danny Armstrong. Um, I thought they were a team that had a few decent fantasy prospects, but they never really seemed to take off. At the start of the season, Ash Taylor was bagging in quite a lot of goals, um, but Kilmarnock conceded too many to to, to kind of boost those returns um, with clean sheets. So uh, he was quickly removed from a lot of teams. Um, Kilmarnock conceded 62 goals. The only team worse than that was Dundee United. Um, Danny Armstrong was a nice, cheap enabler. He even managed to score Tillman at Rangers, so um, gives you an idea of how well he did. Um, be interested to see what happens with him. Though he was on uh, penalties, so that would be definitely a, a boost for him. Um, Vassell did step up at the end of the season. Um, otherwise, a um, few options really to, to consider there. Um, Peter? Come to you first. They were basically a championship team playing the Premiership. They really improved their squad, did they? So Armstrong's one we all kind of clocked early. I think we all had him in his team at one point, so he did well. Uh, reading online again, I think he's going to get back in the summer. He needs to stay up, so Kilmarnock might be a different prospect. I think it was just this first team, first year from uh, McInnes was just survive and then build on it. So he has got Premiership proven quality, so we'll see what he does in the summer. Maybe bring a couple players on it, and it might be more of a value option. But as it stands, they're still in that similar role. I'm assuming Armstrong's going to get a price rise as well, so it might not be as uh, appealing as it would be. But <laughs> apart from that, not much to say. I'll wait and see how they go on in the summer. Donny? Yep. Uh, Ash Taylor was the main man at the start of the um, season, um, scoring goals and um, generally performing well. The only problem was we all went Mayo because he was 2.2 million playing every week. Um, and by the time we got out of that, um, Taylor had probably cooled down. But again, 
that's the sort of positions that you will look at and pick up a cheap defender, maybe somebody who's alone, unrecognised, um, but they're playing every game, um, and that's where you'll get your value. Armstrong, again, penalty taker, always does well in my eyes. Um, got great returns over the course of the season, um, but up front was where they lacked. They couldn't really score goals. They probably produced their best form when it was needed in that last five games. They won three, um, which lifted them out of those bottom two positions. But again, a difficult team to predict when you're not scoring and not really keeping clean sheets. From a fantasy football point of view, it's difficult. But Armstrong, if he stays, um, would probably want to have um, if he's priced correctly. But they've survived, which is the the main thing um, at that end of the table. So I guess they've got to be happy with that. Yeah, it will be nice to see how they build through the summer. Um, 11th in Ross County, their top scorer um, for fantasy points was Jordan White. Um, for Ross County, they were 7th highest for clean sheets with 9, um, but they did struggle in front of goal. Uh, not a lot. Um, didn't, didn't score a lot. They were actually lowest for shots in the league um, with 350. Livingston were second lowest with 375. Um, Jordan White managed to get 11 goals and 2 assists. And then County's second highest fantasy scorer was Yakaviti, um, who was 43rd overall. They will have to play um, the playoffs um, against Partick this week. I think the first leg is tonight. Is that right? Thursday? No. Thursday, yeah. Thursday. Um, so they still may go down. So we'll have to see how things pan out with that. Donny? I won't be sorry if Ross County go down. Um, <laughs> sorry, Ross County fans, but they had a great season the year before um, and couldn't really do anything with it. Um, from a fantasy point of view, I think Yakoviti was probably the only one um, that we pinned our hopes on, um, but they were so inconsistent, didn't score a lot, weren't getting the clean sheets. Uh, it was probably a team that we all avoided. Um, you know, even before the World Cup breaks, so they've got a chance to stay in the league. Uh, I'm sure they'll do their best, but to see Park Thistle in the league instead of County, I say I don't think I'd be too heartbroken um, if that was to happen. But um, yeah, that's the way it goes. Yep, Pierre. I agree with Donny wholeheartedly. Uh, I'd like to see a <laughs> different, different change, different team, and some new players. Party Cup, let's see it. I know it's not against any teams, it's maybe Party Cup, new fresh players, most chance to get some cheap assets for the game, and then maybe some of uh, Soros County's kind of better players, maybe moving to other teams, like a lack of it, or Jordan White going somewhere, maybe get a different chance. So I'd be more in- interested in seeing a couple of new teams in the league, just for fantasy aspect-wise, some, some fresh. Mm-hmm. No, definitely. Um, then our final one then is obviously Dundee United. Um, their top fantasy scorer was Fletcher. Um, they were worse for goals conceded with 70 and managed seven clean sheets. Um, poor season throughout. Um, I, I kind of thought, d- despite having a poor season, I thought some of the, the players could become decent fantasy assets. Obviously, McGrath has got history with fantasy football. Um, he could have stepped up there and was obviously on penalties as well. Fletcher, um, obviously a decent career behind him, but I think he's maybe a bit past it. He was 30th overall in the game for points. Harks has done well previous seasons for us. Um, and Behetch, obviously, similar ilk of strain with a, a sort of attacking fullback, but uh, it wasn't meant to be. Um, and they're going down. So 
don't need to say too much on them because they're not going to be a consideration for, for next season. Peter, anything to add there? Won't bring any of them in, Tom. No, no point. No, <laughs> <laughs> no they've got a lot of players on the team that are like decent fantasy assets. I've been there, done it before. So I'm interested to see where they'll end up because I don't imagine a lot of players will want to stay in the Championship. They want to maybe get their move. I mean, McGrath would probably be a decent... Is he a permanent player or is he on loan? Because oh, no <laughs> if he's permanent, you think he'd want to go somewhere else. You think he might end up rock up at like a Hearts or something like that, or a Hibs, just some the midfield extra. So we wait and see where something like that works out. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm sure we'll see him in two seasons' time if Goodman builds him, gets him back up. But they weren't a very good team this year, to, to be honest. Every team you thought they were going to come back, they kind of just blew it. And when I think they won three games, three games before the split, the trot gets a lot of trouble. They lost every game after the split. I mean, that just shows the season ahead. Yeah. They weren't really backed at all. Donny, anything to add there? No, I don't think so. Probably the team I had the highest hopes for, one of the best squads um, mm-hmm. at the start of the season. Just couldn't couldn't get together. They had that big win um, against Alkmaar, and then I think it all, all went to pot after the second leg. They lost 9-0 to Celtic, and things didn't really get better. Um, as we said, before the split, they won a few in a row, and it looked like they were going to get safe. And then, as Peter said, to lose every game in that bottom five, uh, bottom six, sorry, um, it's just sealed their fate. So to make it worse, it's Dundee that's replacing them. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a sore one in the city. Um, if, again, I'd go out on a limb and say they should come straight back up, but uh, they will lose players. And you know, it's a tough league um, in the championship, but you know, it's their own fault. That's just the way football goes. Yep. Um, just a caveat at the end of that um, obviously we can't have a squad of 15 players with just Celtic, Rangers, Aberdeen and Hearts so we will have to look at sort of cheaper options at the start of next season as you guys both mentioned the League Cup can be a good indicator on key players it obviously is opposition dependent because they will play players two or three leagues below um, the group stages do start on the weekend of the 15th and 16th of July so keep your eyes peeled well then, Tom. Are you finished, Tommy? No, Stad. Yeah, no, that's all. Well done. Right, Don. Over to you. Yep. So I'll I'll won't spend too much time on this because Tom's gone into a lot of detail there, um, and he's covered off a lot of things that I'm going to talk about. But I'm just going to do awards um, for the season. So we've got the the top scorer. I don't think there's going to be any surprises there. The top scorer by position. I've got a team of the season, um, and then I'll look at some of the stats. Um, compared to last year. So we already know um, the player of the year was James Tavernier for the third year in a row. Um, second was Van Veen and third was Shankland. Can you remember the top three from last season at all, Peter? Tavernier. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember who any of the last Did he score himself last year? Did you get that? Yeah. He got 295 points this season and last season he got 252. So I think from a goal's point of view, you see, so as a Rangers fan, it feels like he scored like more free kicks and and more other other than penalties, um, and that's probably what's happened because clean sheets has probably gone down. But plus, um, more bonus points this yeah. year. More right chance it gets right. So last that's, year, then, ooh, Jota, Jota was third. He was second, and then it changed to the very last game of the season. Um, Tom, do you have a stab at who came second? Shankland. No, 
Last season, remember? Last season. <laughs> Nisbet. No, it wasn't Nisbet. He's playing in Italy. He scored six goals this oh, season. Penalty keep. Ferguson? Yeah. Yeah, he was, Ferguson. Ferguson. Right. He was great last year. Ferguson was 1.86, Jota was one eight five, And if you compare that with Van Veen was 2.53 and Shankland was 2.48, you know, there's far more value in the game this season and uh, no more throw than up front. Uh, worth noting that all three of these players take penalties. It's something that I always champion um, when I'm looking at my team. So it's been a good season uh, in terms of points and it's Tavernier that holds the crowd. Uh, as far as that's concerned. So we'll move on to by position. Uh, the top three goalkeepers last season were Craig Gordon, who's fallen off a cliff, Joe Hart and Jack Annick. So in terms of the number one goalkeeper this season, Tom, do you want to have a guess? Um, is it Kelly at Motherwell? No, he came in third. So he's Peter. top three. Uh, just try to think. Joe Hart? It was your man Joseph. And then Roos uh, came in number two. Uh, now, points-wise, it's down on last season. Uh, Gordon was 159 compared to Hart's 133. Hart had a better season last season on 147 to 133. And was third was 126. So I think that is, when we look at the clean sheets, it's very indicative that you know teams are conceding more goals whether it's because of VAR, and as I've touched on defence-wise, I probably won't spend too much money in defence area. Uh, so if we look at defenders, obviously James Tavernier, um, first last season, first this season. Uh, numbers two and three last season were Carter Vickers and uh, Tony Ralston. Uh, they have been replaced by two new defenders. So, Peter, do you want to have a guess at one of them? Well, it's not going to be Celtic anymore because of clean sheets, let me think. Second, second. No, dear, shaking your head. I don't see. <laughs> uh, Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor is the third. Okay. So we've got a number two position. Tom, who's number two defender in the game? Strain. It was, yeah, Ryan Strain. So Tavernier was two nine five. Strain was one six eight, which compared to Carter Vickers last season was one seventy. And Taylor was one five three compared to Ralston one sixty, so probably similar returns uh, there. So let's say it was getting on strain early, keeping them in your team either in the starting lineup or on the bench, and um, proved the value there. Now the midfield last season was Ferguson, Jota, and Arebo. Uh, they have been replaced by Tom. So three and are gone. Okay. Well, <laughs> and all, all of them have been replaced did you say no no just the, the new top it's just the word oh, so Yota I imagine is still in there Yota's Yota's got his uh, first position there so um, any other two Peter Spill no no Tom one last it's try Patty is in the third spot. It was a clean sweep for Celtic. Riley took up oh, number two. Probably not a player that we looked at over the course of a season in terms of bringing them in or talking them up. It was you know Jota, Kyogo, Hatate, but you know Riley would have got you consistent returns. Uh, just stuck with him. Point-wise, again, it's very similar to last season uh, there. Uh, the main difference up front. Uh, so last season, Tony Watt uh, was our top point scorer up front. 
then Morelos, and then Ramirez. Um, the order, I think we've already mentioned it, Kevin Van Veen finished top with 250, so over 100 points more. Shankland was two, and Kyogo was three, so I won't uh, test your knowledge there. So if we jumble all that up, using the fantasy rules, uh, and a 3-4-3 formation, the team of the season would have been Bruce in goals, Tavernier, Strain, Barisic in defence, Jota, O'Reilly and Spittle in midfield. Uh, no, Jota, O'Reilly, Spittle, Armstrong in midfield and a front three of Van Veen, Shankland, Kyogo. Had you perma-captain Tavernier and perma-vice-captain Kyogo, uh, you would have ended up on 2,628 points, which would have given you 28th position overall. You still would have had your triple captain and you still would have had your bench boost. But that's not too bad. You would have had not much on the bench, um, given the prices. But just was that that affordable, or did you work it out? Could you afford? I didn't work it out because obviously the prices prices now. But you know, given the three Rangers, three Celtic, it probably would have been difficult. But Spittle in there, Armstrong in there, Strain in there. You would have got close. Roos was a cheap goalkeeper at the start of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, You maybe could have because, as I say, you could have just chipped out in all your defence and had non-playing players, but those are all names, household names that we've been mentioning week in, week out. O'Reilly's probably the, the only standout um, there. So just moving on to some of the other stats. Uh, goals, as we know, Kyogo top scored with 27, Van Veen and then Shankland. Can you remember who the top goal scorer in the game last season was, Tom? Hmm. How quick we forget. Peter, do you want to help him? Morelis? No. Tony what? Nope. We named a cup after them. Oh, Regan Charles Cook. Charles Cook. It was 13. From midfield? Oh, yeah. great. Can you so, really shows you how it was a struggle last year to get any value up front. Jack and Marcus also scored 13, and Furuhashi scored 12. Uh, the assists last season were Tavernier, uh, Mackay and Jota. They have all been replaced. Um, do you want to have, I think, Tom, you mentioned the top assists. You might get this one. But anyone want to have a guess at who the top three assists were? Tom? Well, I mentioned O'Reilly earlier. So yeah. So we've got top. two more, Peter. Jota. Jota. And I'd be surprised if you get who's number three because it was a surprise to me. So assists, third assists in the whole season. Yeah. Brian, whose name I've mentioned a few, you hear a few who came in, assist, assist, assist. Well, he's a clue, Don, is it for the top, is it the Rangers? He was one of my differentials at one point in the season. Tillman? Played in the World Cup. Alan Moy? Moy, with 12. Oh, didn't expect that. The stats. So that was quite a surprise. Again, settled dominating. Uh, he did a good spell for about eight weeks to yeah, yeah. maybe he went nuts. Yeah. So. That was probably when I, I backed him. Uh, clean sheets. So last season, Hart um, was top on clean sheets, Gordon and then McGregor. This season, it's Hart, Marshall and Kelly. But what is quite significant is Hart had 19 last season, 16 this season, so there's been a drop-off there. Gordon 14, McGregor 12. They've both been placed by Marshall 11 and Kelly 11. So if you're talking 11 clean sheets out of a 38 game week, you know, one in three, you know, there isn't a lot of value. So if you can get it right, just stay. Um, 
as far as that's concerned. Uh, bonus points. So last year we had Tavernier top on bonus points, Jota and Morelos. Any idea who's topped the bonus points this season, Peter? Van Veen must be up there. Yeah, Van Veen. Van Veen was blessed with the fact that when he scored, whatever happened with Motherwell, he was always getting three bonus points. Rangers and Celtic it can kind of be spread uh, throughout the team, but that's what made him such a good, valuable asset in the last um, well, 10, 11 games of the season. He scored, got the bonus points. Boom, it was a, it was a great one. Uh, so there are two spots. Tom, do you want to have a guess? Um, Household names, fantasy football-wise. Kyogo. No. Always captain. Yep. <laughs> Third one would be Shangland. No, Jota. No. Jota. So Van, Veen, Van Veen picked up 43 bonus points. And Tavernier 38, Jota 38. And last season, Tavernier was on 37. So much, much, much the same there. And just finishing off in goalkeepers again, saves. Last season, we had Gordon, uh, number one in saves. Again, how quickly that's gone out of the way. Kelly, number two, Anik, number three. They've been replaced by Laidlaw, surprisingly enough, I suppose, worst, one of the worst teams in the league, um, mm. forced to make saves all the time. Roos, who, again, Aberdeen have had a good run, and Kelly. But again, those numbers are down um, on the previous season. Uh, last stat of note is penalty saves. Marshall, Roos and Kelly all saved two penalties over the course of the season, while Hart and McGregor didn't make any penalty saves. So take it, take it out what you will. <laughs> 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 but uh, that rounds off the, the awards for the season. I think it has been a good game because there's been great value um, across the pitch. And it was just getting it right week in, uh, week out. Uh, and if you manage to do that, then you'll have finished well, which we've, we've all done relatively um, not bad this season. So that's the last dive of the season. Uh, we'll be back at the start of next season, um, hopefully getting some of those cup games in, seeing how teams line up and maybe giving you some gems to kick off the season. Yep, well done, Donny. Some gems and also keep your eye on the non-playing players that go out and loan. Yes, that will trick you in flags. Yeah. That gives you a chance to build your team and then you go for it. Unless the game take it out, but I think that's a thing they won't Doubt. do. It's quite a good wee thing. Right, that is us finished with Scotch. Just a quick final, what was your final FPL rank, guys? Tom? Uh, um, I think it was 86,030. I was eight. 80k, 794 or something like that. So just the 80k mark. And Dorian, uh, it was 172. Uh, so I've not played it for about 10 years. Uh, yeah, that, came back say, 172. It's still in the top 2% of the game. It's not near, it's about 2% for you, 1% for me and Tom. But the game's getting so much harder. There's a lot more engaged manager every year than that. Because I listen yeah. to podcasts like ourselves on the English game and just falling, not falling, they're making more informed decisions. So yeah, I think it's still a pretty damn good score. Right, so as Dory had mentioned and Tom mentioned, that's us finished. That's our last podcast. We'll probably come back with something maybe end of July, start of August, to see how the cup goes and transfer goes. It lets us do more info. Uh, hopefully the game gives us some more player reels to leak that we done last season. I guess something to talk about. And obviously we probably will come back when a game goes live. That's probably the most that we can talk through the actual players and stuff like that. But I just want to thank everybody who has listened to the podcast, downloaded the podcast, 
Ask us any questions, I've any cups. It's been fantastic. Without you, we've been doing the podcast because we've been listening to it and it's been no point. So again, thank you. And I'll let these guys get their plugs in. Anything they want to say. Donny? No, I can only second that. Um, and obviously, from my point of view, um, thanks to you both. Um, Peter works hard on the cups and getting all your scores in and, and making the season go well. Uh, and without Tom, we wouldn't have our Tom time. And you know, he's had daddy duties this season, so he's he's done well. Um, to make it through but yeah I hope you've all enjoyed it I certainly enjoy doing what I do um, and that showed with my position so pay attention next season and you could be up there as well Um, so for more Fantasy Football Scotland I am at FFS underscore Donny plus you've also got a new rival next year yeah (laughs) Bruno yeah Rambo Rambo sorry (laughs) coming after me old king versus new king right so (laughs) do you want to say get your plugs in yeah, no, just what, what Donnie said. Thanks to you two guys for um, being on the pod, and thanks to everyone who engages with the pod and submits questions every week. Um, yep, just uh, looking forward to next season now, and um, see see what changes the game brings. I do like to make a lot of changes throughout the summer, so I'll be interested to see um, how things are our next season. But but I'm already looking forward to it. And thanks yeah, again. Me too. Thanks for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure week to talk to and let's throw ideas at each other. And thanks for listening. And we'll see you guys down the road, hopefully at a later date. Goodbye. Bye. Bye bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 